Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Praise the Lord forevermore. Let me take a quick minute and talk about the fact that we stand on the days, uh, on the day before we begin 21 days of prayer and fasting. What that should look like for you. Because I, I know what it looks like for me. I know where my expectation levels are. I know that I put God in a place appropriately where I'm believing Him for things that I've not yet seen. Some of you are in places just like that. Some of you have family members that are away from God. Some of you have relationships, maybe even with your spouse. Things are not good. They're in disarray. And I want to encourage you, this year, we've themed it Walking in Victory. Walking in Victory. That's the theme for our I'm expecting God to do things that represent you and I walking in victory. And only you know what that looks like in your household or your family or your job or your situation. By the way, what a great group of people to see on the first Sunday of the year, the first day of the year. And and how many of you were out last night or up past midnight? Lift your hands. Wow. I am impressed. I was not up. I just, it's the first time in forever. And I took my liberties and I thought, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this because I may never do it again before I die. But this one is that, that one. But I am glad to see you today. I know I have a word for you this morning. It, I always do, but there's just something about uh, certain days and certain messages that, that I feel like I have something that I have to give you. That it's as if the Holy Ghost is pulling out of me that's in, in, intended to lift you. And so I'm in, expecting to take you someplace this morning. So... Anyway, to get back, I want you to believe God that you're going to walk in victory this year. I want you to pinpoint some things that you tackle in your time of prayer and fasting. So I have to talk about the prayer and fasting for just a little bit this morning. Because I've learned something in churches. Never to assume people know something just because you say it. And I've been praying and fasting since I was 19 years old. So for me, there's not a whole lot that's left to learn. And I've been leading the churches that I've pastored. And so, to, do you realize that this marks 17 years today? This Sunday marks 17 years that I've been here pastoring this church. And so um, we've been praying and fasting in all of the, those years. Uh, maybe the first year we didn't do it, we didn't do 21 days. I'm certain of that. 
but uh, we did have prayer and fasting. And I've been doing this those, for all of my ministry life that I've been leading churches. And so I've made some assumptions and I found out that's a mistake because some people will listen to, they'll hear me say something like prayer and fasting. And there's many of you that think you're right on board. You're right with me. But there's a whole host that listen to me and think things like, <clears throat> I'm too old to pray and fast. I take so many medications, I can't actually fast. Um, I am pregnant, so I can't fast. I'm not pregnant. You all understand that. <laughs> but people think things like this. And, and you shouldn't if you're pregnant. And parents, you've got to be mindful. Your children aren't at a place of understanding now when they reach teenage years or some of those things to talk with your children and explain the process and walk them through it. But don't expect your eight-year-old to understand why we are not eating. Uh, really. Um, so there's differences, but everybody can find some way too fast. And I want to come out of the gates making this clear. A biblical fast includes food. Meaning, if you're doing a biblical fast, you are going to go without eating normal. We've modified them. We talk about Daniel fasts and we do all kinds of things. And and really, the fast that we do is simply from uh, 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. that you are not eating Most people can manage eating once in a day. Most people can. Some of you are well fit and capable and able. Now, some of you are going to go a little further, and that's good. I am. I am your pastor, and I've been doing this a long time, so I'm not going to do what all of you will be doing, but most all of you could manage on one meal a day. Having that after 5 p.m. is my recommendation. If your work situation or schedule makes it so that you need to do something different, okay, do something different. If you have to eat at a different time of the day, eat at that time of the day, but any other times, don't. Find a way to give up food. Now, if you're not in a good place of health and you're on a lot of medications and God knows and we Americans are way over the top with medications. Most of you have a drug store in your bathroom. And, um, and, and so, yes, you need to have some understanding of your physical life and not take that for granted and do something to do damage to your physical body. Um, But find a way to fast food. If you must eat, make it stuff that you don't enjoy. I mean, really enjoy. I mean, I could say something like, just eat rice. But some of you Puerto Ricans, (laughs) Africans, you're not just eating rice. There's stuff in it. So make it unpleasant. You know, just plain rice. Enough so that when you take your medication, you'll be okay. Or something of that sort. Take the time to think it through, but make it sacrificial. That's what I'm asking you to do. And 
regardless of your fasting ability, why not join us as often as you possibly can starting tomorrow night or tomorrow midday? Because we're going to have two a days, 12 to 1, as Pastor Amy has said, and then 7 till whenever each night this week through Friday. And then on Sunday, we have a special Holy Ghost service where I anticipate the Holy Ghost to be poured out in a way that is not common, even for us. And so I want you to be a part of all of these or as many of these as you possibly can. So sacrifice your time. And hear me when I say this. It's not a spiritual diet. It is prayer and fasting. So we're asking you to give up the food and pray. When you would be preparing food and eating food, be praying. And slow down in your busyness. Get up a little earlier for 21 days. Really? And actually pray for 30 minutes before you walk out of your house or get busy with your day. Really pray. I'm asking you to pray differently than you've prayed in the past. I'm asking you, when we did this consecration that we did during communion, make this different than any other time. Some of you are spiritual giants. Take it up a notch. Really, add some hours to your prayer life. Get with God more than you do the rest of the year. Do it for 21 days. Make a habit of it out of for 21 days. And your life will change. I've not ever come out of a period of prayer and fasting without feeling like I have accomplished some spiritual feats that God is, is, is taking action in spaces and places that I've needed Him to take uh, action. It will happen for you. That's not just preacher speak. That's not just for Pastor Amy and I. God will show up for you in a different way when you act in a different way. So you cannot consecrate this time unto the Lord and do a proper prayer and time of prayer and fasting. And if you've never done this, all right, so listen to me when I say this. I'm asking you to consider. You do not eat between 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. After 5 p.m. till about 11, if you want to, go ahead and eat. Do your thing. Eat till you're content. But just eat till you're content. Don't try to make up all the calories in that few hours. Seriously. I mean, don't load up on all the calories. No, no. you're consecrating yourself to the Lord. It's not about what you eat. Listen, all of us have enjoyed our celebration, and many of you will do it again today. Some of you are going to have your pork and sauerkraut and stuff like that, the Pennsylvania Dutch stuff going on around here. Enjoy it today. And you've enjoyed it Christmas, and you've enjoyed it through Thanksgiving, but now consecrate yourself unto the Lord. Set the tone for your spiritual year. You establish before God, this is for you, Lord. I have some expectations, Lord. I'm moving to a different level with you, Lord. And I'm putting my faith out there and my actions behind my faith.
You with me? Praise God. All right, Sister Maria, if you will pull up my slide for, I just have a few slides for you. You don't have your regular notes, but I've given you enough that you can take some notes along the way. This title, All the Time, as we stare down the lane of a new year for the first day, on the first day, the first week, the first month of 2023, I want to declare that God is good. I know it's become a cliche, a Christian cliche, and we say it frequently and regularly, and, and, but that doesn't take away its value, does it? It's important to today's message. And I realize I'm going to be working from a passage that I preached from before. But it's necessary and right for this day. Um, I think on the start of a new year, it's important that we look back as we look ahead. We look back as we look ahead. Now, my wife will tell you I am an optimist. But going from glory to glory and strength to strength, as we read in the scriptures, doesn't mean we forget the past. On the contrary, we build on the past. The beauty of the past, we build on that. We build on the victories of the past. On those moments where we witnessed and can give testimony to God's overcoming power in our lives. So for the victorious believer, looking back isn't a bad thing. Y'all are being really quiet with me this morning, and I don't know if it's because you're contemplating where I'm headed, confused about what I'm saying, or you're just acting like you were up late last night. I can look at God's victories in my past and they became signposts for me knowing that God will be good to me in the future. Because even in my moments of sadness and struggle, they stand as a testimony that in the valley of the shadow of death, I could walk through those moments knowing God was with me. Because He did it. He did it. He showed up for me in those moments. And I can give testimony to the fact. I was thinking about it as I walked through this message in preparation. That I can can mark five specific moments in my life where I know God kept me from death. Now, every one of you may not have that testimony, but I can mark five of them. I was in the mouth of an alligator when I was 12 years old. I was shot with a 30-30 rifle, uh, accidental shooting at, at, at 14 years old. Um, when we, we were traveling at one point, 
We were up in uh, Forty Fort coming back here to this area to spend some time with some people in this area. We were coming down Route 115, I believe, coming out of the Poconos. And, and we were rounding a turn at 55, 60 miles an hour. We were rounding a turn, and it, we were out on the right side, obviously, in our lane. And you had no vision of what was out in front of you. Really, that far. And a car came, when we rounded that corner, there was a car halfway in our lane, 60 miles an hour, downhill, and that little Nissan stands a wagon. And all I could do was say, help me Jesus, swerve out a little ways, and when I hit the side, the, the, the stone on the side, my tail end started doing this, and I'm going, Jesus, take the wheel. Before the song was famous, but and 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 God kept us. We should have been over the side. I had two boys in the back of that van, and Pastor Amy with me. We should have tumbled fifteen times, and I wouldn't be here right now if God hadn't steadied that van and we came out of it. All I got was a little scratch on the back end of my our little Nissan. 2018, uh, March of 2018, I was, I came down with a bacterial infection that hospitalized me for nine days. Nobody stays in the hospital nine days anymore. And I had a temperature of 104 when I went in that hospital. 104. If you're an adult and you have a temperature of 104, things aren't good. God brought me through that. And then, of course, most of you know I've had open heart surgery. Five times I can look at. And I'm sure if I looked harder, I could find a few more. So even in my dark moments, even in my tough times, God was there. But inherently, when you say those things, you're in those things. So we're going to look at the nation of Israel today during a time when They turned away from other gods and returned to God, Yahweh, and watched him bring great victory. Then Samuel, this is a perfect mic, it works perfect. Thank you, Pastor Amy, I know you were ready. They returned to Yahweh. They watched him bring victory. And then Samuel, the great prophet, set up a stone remembrance. So today, we're going to give you an opportunity to set up a stone of remembrance to bring about uh, or bring out again our Ebenezer. I think it's over here. I don't know that the cameras can see over here. And so, uh, Dylan... Bring it right there. They will pick it up, the cameras. We're going to be reading from 1 Samuel, chapter 7, verse 7. I have it for you on the overhead, but you can turn there if you want to check me. This is the New Living Translation. When the Philistine rulers heard that Israel had gathered at Mizpah, they mobilized their army and advanced. 
The Israelites were badly frightened when they learned that the Philistines were approaching. Now hear these words, folks. Don't write it off. This is no small matter. They were badly frightened when they learned that the Philistines were approaching. Don't stop pleading with the Lord our God to save us from the Philistines. They begged Samuel. So Samuel took a young lamb and offered it up to the Lord as a whole burnt offering. He pleaded with the Lord to help Israel and the Lord answered him. Just as Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines arrived to attack Israel. But the Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder. Somebody say, but the Lord. But the Lord. Lord. Aren't you grateful for those moments when God steps in and he has another word? But the Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven that day and the Philistines were thrown into such confusion that the Israelites defeated them. Then the men of Israel chased them from Mizpah to the place below Bethkar, slaughtering them all along the way. Somebody again say, but the Lord stepped in. I love it when God has another word. <laughs> When God says to the enemy, you've got another thing coming. But there is no victory without a sacrifice. That's where we'll begin today. No victory without a sacrifice. Let me give you a little background. This is during that period of time uh, when Israel was operating under the leadership of judges. And Samuel was one of them. There are many that you will read about. Uh, Deborah, uh, people that you know, uh, Gideon, uh, Samson, they were during this same time frame or period when they didn't have a king and they didn't follow the leading of, of someone like a Moses or Abraham. And it happens to be Samuel who is one of, if not the greatest of Israel's spiritual leaders. I say that because I think he's one of Israel's greatest leaders, period. Because so many of them were flawed that Israel had. How many of you know that Abraham was flawed? He lied. And Moses was flawed. He killed somebody. And, and, and certainly many of the judges were flawed, but Samuel... I can't find it. I can't find his problems. Because Israel was away from God, judgment had fallen on them in the form of Philistine encroachment. In other words, they were taking territory from Israel. And, and, and so Samuel was told, uh, has told Israel that they are away from God. They need to repent and turn back to God. That's judging. Right? He's called a judge. This is in, uh, you will see him in that book, Judges. But he's told Israel that they were away from God and they must repent, put away their idols, their false gods, and return to Yahweh. So Israel is in this state of fear because they know what's happening. The Philistines um, have been taking territory up to this point, unimpeded. They couldn't stop them, in other words. 
They'd go out and fight against them, but they were in terror or fear because they were being defeated every time they went out and fought against them. And so Samuel has warned them of their folly, and uh, they have begun the turnaround. Thank you for turnarounds. And wherever you're at today, uh, I'm asking you to join us and making this a point of turnaround for you. So 23 is not going to look like 22 or 21 or 20 or any time before that. But you are going to consecrate yourself unto the Lord. And Samuel begins to pray for them at the sacrifice. And I'll say it this way. I think our nation is in the same state of moral decline as Israel was at that time. I don't always or that often talk about the nation, but we're in a state of moral decline in America. Uh, That's what's at the heart of the abortion rights movement. Uh, They they worship the God of self daily. That's what's at the heart of abortion rights. It's God of self. What I feel, what I think, what, what affects me the most, I should have the ability to determine what the outcome is. It's what's at the heart of the gender dysphoria thrust that's in our nation right now. And some of y'all may not want me talking about it in the pulpit like this and on a public platform, but um, when you can't even declare that what you see with your own eyes on your physical body, body parts doesn't determine your gender, you're messed up. And... Uh, It's worshiping the God of self. It's a denial of reality and a worship of what I feel, what I think, overrides what I see with my own eyes. But biology has determined. And I don't say that like it doesn't matter. Nobody is denying the struggle that people have. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying it's a struggle for people, but please, let's not put a stamp of approval on it and call it good. Only adding to the confusion. It's not good. What we're doing with our young people, we're messing them up. We worship the God of money, the almighty dollar, chasing the dollar, pushing aside everything else to chase the almighty dollar. We've got to have this kind of car, this kind of house, this kind of... Your 401k should have 1.5 million if you want to retire good. And that's a dream well beyond many of you, but you're, you're striving for it. We worship the God of time. And we give up unprecedented amounts of times to unworthy causes or worthless endeavors. We can sit two, three hours at a movie, but, but I wonder who's going to show up next week to pray. No, I know I'm talking. Uh, I, I, I'm talking to the latter group. You're the latter group. You're the people that you're going to show up this coming week. You're going to be here for nights of prayer. You're going to consecrate yourself unto the Lord. Come on, somebody shout, shout amen. You're with me on this, right? If you can sit, young people, if you can sit for an hour staring at this thing, your own thing, 
You can sit for an hour and pray. I just called you out. And I'm not only talking to the young people. Because many of you adults, you're the same way. You're checking your phone. You're, you're Santa Claus on your phone. Making a list, checking it twice. And I'll say it this way. Samuel taught us something. There's no victory without sacrifice. In this story, Samuel sacrifices a lamb. I'm sure it was a spotless lamb. And he prays. What does this tell this preacher? It tells me that the right person at the right time can pray, and we'll see God do the miraculous. How many of you believe now is the right time? It's the right time for you to pray. It's the right time for you to set aside uh, time and, and dedicate yourself to seeking the face of God so that you may see God do something that you've not seen God do in your life. The good news for you. Let me give you the good news for you. The perfect lamb has already been sacrificed on your behalf. You ought to say amen. He's already, we recognize that in taking communion today, that the perfect lamb has already been sacrificed, unblemished, without sin. He was sacrificed on your behalf. I've got really good news for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, listen up. He's got good news. You need to pay attention. The actual Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, covers you with prayers. Therefore, he is able, once and forever, to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. Hebrews 7.25, he's saying to you, I got you in my eyesight. More good news. There is no possibility of failure in Him. Did you hear that? He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. The pure Lamb that takes away the sin of the world intercedes on your behalf. God must hear Him. And so the heavens are opened. At the moment of attack, the heavens opened and God spoke with a, a mighty thunder, the scripture says. It is interesting that at the moment of Samuel's sacrifice, the heavens open and the Philistines fall to confusion. Isn't that exactly what happened when Jesus breathed his last breath? 
that it thundered and the ground shook. And he brought about a transformation from death to life. You have a secret weapon at your disposal. When God has to open up the heavens and thunder forth His mighty voice, He will. God is ready to act. He's just waiting for you to, to uh, give a minute of, to care. I'm going to say that again. He's just waiting for you to give a minute to care. I don't mean a minute. I'm talking, I'm talking of in today's language. Because in today's language, when somebody says it's been a minute, it, look, if we talk about this situation, it takes a while to burn up a whole animal. Are you with me still? It didn't happen instantaneously. He spent some time there with God. He burns the, the scripture says he burned an entire lamb. Burned him. And so this is not coincidence. Rather, it is the direct action of God based on faith-filled actions of men. Woo, that was good stuff. You ought to write that down. It was not a coincidence. Rather, it was the direct action of God based on the faith-filled actions of man. In other words... They prayed, they made the sacrifice, God thunders forth. And what happens is Israel defeats them soundly. Look at this passage of scripture, I'll read it to you again. This is from that same passage in Samuel. The Philistines were thrown into such confusion that the Israelites defeated them. The men of Israel chased them from Mizpah to a place below beth slaughtering them all along the way. Come on, hear this, church. Where Israel had formerly been beaten by the Philistines, after the sacrifice and prayer, there was a turnaround. How many of you need a turnaround in your lives? How many of you are looking for, you're putting your faith out there for a turnaround in 2023? Not only did they defeat them, by the way, They would have plundered their supplies. Because it says they beat them all along the way. So when they're returning from the way, they're picking up stuff that... Now they got weapons they didn't have before. Now they've got stuff they did not have before. Supplies. They would have plundered them. That's my way of saying God not only brings the victory, but it includes His blessing. You get stuff you don't need or didn't know you needed. He doesn't have to do it this way. It just comes with the territory. It's because he's good. He just does this stuff because he's good. So that's what we're going to look at now. Samuel Samuel then took a stone, large stone, and placed it between the towns of Mizpah and Jeshana. He named it Ebenezer, which means the stone of help. 
For he said, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. You can't see this because it's on the back of the stone. The stone of help. Help. That's what Ebenezer means. It's a marker in this case to signify what God has done. And so here Samuel is saying, God has been good to us up to this point. The old King James says a word that we never use. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. God has been good to us up to this point. It is Matthew 6.33, come alive. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these things shall be, not maybe or could be, shall be added unto you. Let me paraphrase it for you. If you will choose to put God first, you can have absolute confidence that He has your back. If you choose to put God first. So on the first day, the first week, the first month, Of the year 2023, we've consecrated ourselves unto the Lord, put Him first. There was some debate amongst our leadership in the offices whether we would have communion today. I said, no, we've got to have communion today. We're going to start this year off right. If we will choose to put God first, we can trust that He has our backs. If it was ten days ago... God is good. If it was 10 months ago, God is good. If it was 10 years ago, God is good all the time. Israel can testify and so can you. That's why they put up the marker. That's why he put up the stone. So Samuel places a memorial stone between the two towns. You don't erect a stone so that you can forget. You put the stone there as a reminder that God is good up to this point, Samuel said. God has been good. You know, there's more to the story, and we're going to get to the more of it before I'm done. And that's not far away. That stone stands as a continual testimony to God showing up at just the right time, in just the right place. He'll thunder forth His voice and He'll speak and He'll change the situation. You'll experience a turnaround. Your testimony of past successes are there to give you courage. They're there to increase your faith. What testimonies do you have of God showing up at just the right time? 
Where are your Ebenezer stones? Where are your Ebenezer's? Pastor Amy will tell you that at the moment that I was going under the knife, and it's, yeah, I don't want to bring out too much glory. But, you know, I have, a, I have a slice about this long right here because my chest was open up. But she will tell you that God gave her a vision. You see, God will show up at just the right time. And you're right if you're thinking, but wouldn't the greater testimony have been that you got healed and, you know, they didn't need to do this? It it would have been greater. I'd love to be standing up giving that testimony. That's just not the testimony I have. What I do have is that God was there with me. What I do know is that he walked through it with me. And what I do know is that he spoke a word to her. That literally she saw a picture of a heart coming down from heaven, cradled by hands of angels. That God, that there were angels in that room. She saw pictures of the bright lights. She wasn't in there. She doesn't know what the lights looked like, but she saw them in the vision. Revelation 12, 11 says, And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. Your testimony of God's successes in your life is a key to victory in your future. There's another good thing. You need to write these things down, people. Your testimony of God's successes in your life is a key to victory in your future. That's what Samuel was saying. God has been with us up to this point. God has been good up to this point. And he is, if He has been good up to this point, He's going to take us all the way. We have to look at the unspoken negative, though, before I get out of here. It's just like Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. What do you think the opposite of that means? If you choose not to seek God, if you choose to run your own way and do your own thing, you will get what that births. And that's not good things. You're not going to have the things added to you that need to be added to you. If you do not continue to do the things that got you to the... This point of success, you will fall back into defeat. That's what Samuel was telling them. That's the other side of this coin. He was saying, God's been good to us up to this point. Don't stop doing what's right. Otherwise, God will pull back his hand. Demote Christ to some inferior position in your heart and failure is sure. And that's why I say to you all some of these harsh things like if you can sit through a two-hour movie, then you need to be able to pray for at least an hour. Sit in the presence of God. Let me bring it to a conclusion. Open up the sky. 
Yeah, it's an old Christian tune you can ask me about sometime. Jesus has made continual interaction and success possible. The perfect lamb has made continual interaction and success possible. Look down the long aisles of your years to see the many times that God has upheld you with His grace. It's no small matter to me that I was in the mouth of an alligator. It's not a small matter to me. I should not be here. But God, I shouldn't be here. couple of inches and instead of a, a, a bullet going through this left shoulder, and it's right here. But God, consider the many times you've been kept from severe injury. Consider the many times He's upheld you by His grace. Consider the many times you've had your needs supplied at just the right moment. When God thunders forth, sometimes it's not a loud clap of thunder. Sometimes it's just a gentle voice. Sometimes it's just a small package. Just an envelope. Just a kind word. But God comes through at just the right moment because God is good. I did it last week. I'm going to do it again this week. This is the Paul Harvey moment, which some of you, that's wasted on, but the rest of the story. So the Philistines were subdued. Wow, glory to God. And didn't invade Israel again for some time. And throughout Samuel's lifetime, the Lord's powerful hand was raised against the Philistines. I'm not done. The Israelite villages near Ekron and Gath that the Philistines had captured were restored to Israel. Took back what he stole from me. Well, I... Took back what he stole from me. Yes, I took back what he stole from me. Along with the rest of the territory that the Philistines had taken. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites in those days. That's the all these things of Matthew 6.33 that will be added unto you. These were those things. You see, God brought peace. God returned to Israel things that had been taken from Israel. I wonder in your life today, as I give you this prophetic preaching word, what God is saying to you, let me take it back. Will you give it over to Him? Will you allow him? Will you give him a minute to show up for you? The lamb has already been sacrificed. He's already done all the right work, the right way, so that you could have what you need to walk out your life with success. 
Not under the hand and defeat of the enemy, but on the victorious right arm, strong right arm of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time for your Ebenezer. Where do you need to put a marker that reminds you of what God has already done on your behalf? Not all of you can do this, but maybe you should take some time during this 21 days and find a couple of stones. Write Ebenezer on them. Stone of help. Where have you seen God already work? What has He already done on your behalf? And what are you staring at today that is tomorrow's testimony? I'm not just going to make it. I'm going to make it all the way. I'm going to prosper on the way. Come on, Minister Robert, if you're somewhere. He just disappeared from there, so I was assuming he was there. What mountain are you staring at? What wall, what barrier, what stronghold has the enemy set up in your life that you're going to call an Ebenezer? (laughs) That moment when you saw God step in. I want you all to testify for me this morning. Now this afternoon, I want you to testify for me. How many of you can literally say you can mark a moment when you know God's hand was on you, kept you from death? Stand up. Just that. Stand up. And those of you who are standing, maybe you're going to have to lift up your hands at this one, but you can put your hand on literal moments. There's no confusion. It's not coincidence. You know it wasn't just some neat occurrence, but you know that God showed up and took care of you. Lord, we lift our voices to you in adoration and thanksgiving. We sang that that last course that we sang. And I don't want to tell you what to do, Minister Robert, but that last course we did was perfect. So, Father, we thank you. Go ahead. When our backs were against the wall And it looked like if it was over You made a way And we're standing here Only because you made a way And you
and I'm sure you are grateful for the times you've seen God make a way. And I, and I realize it's, it's one o'clock basically now. And so still, if you're staring at something right now that looks like an impasse, if you're in the middle of something right now, be it physical, financial, emotional, familial, relational, that if God doesn't show up, you're, you don't know how you're going to make it. I wonder if you'd be willing to come forward right now if that's your story or your situation. Just come on out of the pew. Good time to sing. If you made way to you these folks. Now I understand if you need to go, y'all go. Richie, you as well. You could help me out. Both Richies. I can't let these folks go without me praying for them. Because I know what it's like. And so I want you all to, if you're willing, stay with us. Pray. Stretch your hands if you're able. Pray in the Spirit if you're filled with the Spirit. I want to go and pray for these folks this morning. Now, I'm going to let Pastor Amy, if you'll go over there on that end, 
and come to the middle. I need you guys to just stay with her, okay, that that I called you up. Y'all just stay with her. One of the ladies, deaconesses, you've got to come. Praise the Lord. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to pray for folks. So would y'all believe God with me? Would y'all stand with these folks that are up here right now? Your faithfulness 
I'm standing on your faithfulness On your faithfulness Oh God, my God, I need you Oh God, my God, I need you now How I need you now Oracle
What is your birthday? How old are you? 94 today. Y'all just wish this sister a happy birthday. God, on her 94th birthday, I thank you, God, that you're bringing healing to her body. God, she wouldn't have strolled up here the way she did if she didn't believe that you could do that which only you can do. So she doesn't ask in vain or just as a show. No, no, she's come up, Lord, because she's expecting you to show up in a way that is clearly what you can do where men are perhaps at the end of their rope. Where she may even be at the end of her rope. God, you're just getting started. Hallelujah. I declare victory for my sister. In Jesus' powerful name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say you may Bless you, Lord Jesus. Brother Robert, could we close with the blessing? Make his face. 
shine upon you, be gracious to you, Lord, turn his face toward you, and give you peace. Let's just do this. Have an amazing day. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow, either at noon or at night or both. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.